Justice Hart and Dominic Steele, and thanks for joining us. And we're coming to you from Canberra today. We're here for the big GAFCON Australasia conference. Did you hear it on Sunday morning in Brisbane, 9 a.m.? The sound of 40 people singing in a golf club in the suburb of Bean Lee. It was the Southern Cross Anglican Church of Bean Lee and Logan underway. It was the sound of the Anglican Church of Australia cracking. As of last Sunday, there are two parallel expressions of Anglicanism in Australia. What has happened previously in North America, in Canada, in New Zealand and Brazil has now happened here. The formalisation of the split in the Australian Anglican Church. I mean, it didn't look that dramatic. It was a robed prayer book service in Beanley Golf Club in Brisbane. The minister was Peter Palmer and will remember 9am on the 14th of August 2022 as the first meeting of the first congregation of the new Anglican Australian Diocese of the Southern Cross. Peter's congregation was the first in a number that are in the process of preparing to walk away from the traditional denomination forced out by inhospitable revisionist bishops. Bishops who have changed theological positions and who now say Anglican ministries that are attempting to be faithful to the Bible are not welcome in their diocese anymore. As a result, a new diocese has been created operating outside traditional geographical boundaries and the first congregation was established last weekend. The first bishop of the new diocese of the Southern Cross will be Bishop Glenn Davies, who of course was until last year the Anglican Archbishop of Sydney. Bishop Davies will be formally appointed later this week here at the Big Gafcon Conference. Today, Peter Palmer is our guest. Peter, thanks for coming in and talking to us in the middle of a super busy couple of days. Oh, yeah, it's been super busy. <laughs> Tell us about church yesterday morning in the golf club. Well, 10 to 9, I had everything ready to go and there was 10 people. Then all of a sudden, all these people walked in. Around about another 30-odd people came in and we started to worship God together. Mm-hmm in a whole new style of Anglican worship. That's great. Where we could actually talk about the gospel and glorify our Lord and Jesus Christ. Great. Now, take us back, because, um, I mean, it wasn't an overnight thing. What ha- Where is your discontent with what's been going on in the Brisbane Diocese started from? A long time ago, I was part of, of uh, the Anglican Church, Evangelical Churches and Dioceses. And uh, over time, it's been just coming along. About four years ago, uh, the Archbishop sat in my lounge room and said one day that we will, you know, bless same-sex marriages. And I said, no, I won't. I can't do that. And I said, if you do that, I will leave. The vote in General Synod was also a catalyst for you. Yeah, was your that, that was the then? first one. When we had 10 bishops vote, that marriage was between male and female. The faithful 10. The faithful 10. And then we had the unfaithful 12 who said no. And then there was two that couldn't even make up their mind. (laughs) That that really shocked Mm. me that our bishops, our leadership, were not leading. Don't believe in Jesus' words. They don't believe, but they're not leading us as good clergy of people of of the gospel. And I would have always thought that a Bishop, okay, we're all sinful people, and I'm I'm 
one of the best, but I always thought that the bishops would at least acknowledge the gospel as the basis for everything they do. And they weren't doing that. Mm. Not the way I read it. I mean, you're telling me before, it, there's also the Archbishop's presidential address. Um, yes. Another minister has described that address as uh, hurtful, hypocritical and hateful. What was your reaction there? My, I was not actually there because I was having COVID reaction at home. But, but you, I was, you've I read was, it. I read it and I, I listened to some of it because it was played to me from the actual thing. And I was not happy with the way that Jesus hardly got a mention. The diocese didn't get much of a mention, but my southern brethren really got a lot of mentions. The evangelicals. The evangelical brethren that I, the good friends of mine. Yeah. And I was just astounded that this could happen. I really was. I just didn't know what to do. And I thought, I've got to do something. I've got to stand up against this because Synod should be a time when we come together to learn how to work with each other and expand the gospel wherever it might be. You wrote to the bishop? The no, archbishop. I, I'd already told him before that I wouldn't do it. I didn't bother writing to him. I just, I resigned. Okay, so how did you resign? I mean, you did write a letter, I take it. I, I wrote a letter to okay. the archbishop. And I understand saying, you give three months' notice? Is that I gave him three months' notice saying... And that's the standard thing for, for ministers the in the diocese, yep, That's right. what's written in the canon. Okay, yeah. so you sent a letter of resignation, three months' notice. Yep. What happened then? He gave me seven days' notice and said... Uh, Tell us about you, that conversation. You can, uh, well, it was through... Um, he was on holidays at the time... He found out that I was leaving and gave him his three months' notice. I did, he didn't even have the letter, but uh, he sent his envoy, rang me up and said, are you leaving the diocese to go to GAFCON? And I said, yes, I am. And he said, why? And I said, I cannot go along with same-sex blessings. Mm-hmm. I will not allow that to happen with me, and I've got to stand up for this. What was... Um, the reaction of the church members at Beanley as he started to talk to them about your concerns? Many of them were shocked that this could actually happen. And they actually asked me, and they said, what do we do? And I said, well, I don't know what we can do. I've got to think about this. So I thought about it, and I prayed about it, and I decided that there was the only one way to do it was to stand up against it and call it out for what it is. Mm-hmm. God says that it's, it's a sin to, to be in a same-sex relationship and to bless sin is not... It's just, you just can't do it. I mean, in the end, it comes back to your, your attitude to the authority of the Bible. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if you're going to take out parts of the Bible, where do you stop? Right. You know, and I, it, it's either all the Bible or none of the Bible. You know, for me, it's, you can't just take, pick and choose what you like out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I will not do that. And God says ma- marriage is between male and female. That's it. End of story. It can't be entered into in any other way. And so I, I, I made a stand and I said, I'm going to stand against this, even if it costs me everything I have. Right. So t- 10 days or 17 days ago, you had this conversation with your regional bishop and he said, well, you're out this Sunday, and you said, Can "Well, I have it, 10, it was 10 the days? Archbishop's envoy, um, the acting bishop, because all the bishops were at Lambeth." Right. Okay. Yeah. Which I didn't didn't even click. Yeah. And 
he rang me and he said, uh, I hear you're going to go with GAFCON. And I went, yeah, I am. I made that decision. And he said, well, the Archbishop wants you out. Um, and so and, no and three let, months notice. No three months notice. This Sunday's your last Sunday, and this is a Wednesday. And I said, well, just think about this for a minute. I want to give my people a chance to grieve and say farewell. I, mean, I can't do that one day. Years. Been yeah. there six and a half years. So I had to give them a chance to do that. And he said, well, you can have one more week. Okay. So in that week, I cleaned out my office. I'd already moved out of the rectory. Um, I cleaned up all my office, cleaned everything up, moved out. And yeah, as I say, that's it. Yeah. Uh, although, I mean, that is it, except you started a new church. I started a new church. Well, I, the couple of Saturdays, the Saturday before all this went down, I invited everyone to come to a luncheon where they, where I said to them, this is what I am going to do. And I gave them some history. I gave them the biblical points of view. And I said, this is what I am going to do. It's not about my wife, what she's going to do or what you're going to do but what I am going to do, and it's personal, just me. I have to stand up for the gospel. And I said to them, you can do what you need to do because you are gospel people. Mm -hmm. And so I gave them their opportunities. I never once asked them whether they were going to come with me or not. Which is why you were so nervous. Which is why I was so nervous (laughs) on Sunday when there was only 10 people. I went, oh, no. (laughs) But in the end, two of your three wardens had come and two of the three musicians have come. Yes. and yeah. it, it actually looks like we've got a core to move forward with. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I ended up with 40 people. Yeah. And they are very good, strong, biblical people who want to see the gospel move out of the area. Tell us about church Sunday morning. You're preaching on Revelation 22 and yep. setting that vision of heaven. Well, if you're going to start a new program or a new journey, you've got to have a, a point to go to. And so I said, if you're going to... If we're going to go from Brisbane to Melbourne, we might go via Dubbo and then back over to Sydney. But eventually, we're going to get to a place where it's going to say, welcome to Melbourne. Mm -hmm. And I said, here is God in Revelation 22 saying, welcome to eternity. This is where we're going to end up. This is where we're going to be. And this is the whole idea of our church, that we are going to bring people with us on the journey to that place. Now we might go over here or go over there, we change things around a bit but we're going to stay gospel focused people on our way to eternity with the Lamb. Now the people from GAFCON and the Diocese of the Southern Cross and uh, Bishop Glenn Davies uh, the new Bishop of this Diocese how's the support been? In the last three weeks I, I let GAFCON know that I was going to do this and I don't think I've had so many phone calls and emails from purple shirts all <laughs> over the world. <laughs> they have just poured in. And people from Ireland and Wales and uh, London and Europe and New Zealand, um, Africa, the African bishops have been emailing me. And I just actually feel like I'm part of a family, mm-hmm. a big three, 35 million strong family around the world. and I really and that is what gave me my strength to actually step out knowing that there are other people out there waiting Mm -hmm. to grab hold of me and support me Mm. which is what I needed and when I hear that when when Bishop Davies is um, 
made the bishop of the Diocese of the Southern Cross on Friday or Thursday, you and your congregation are going to be giving him a welcome from the people of the diocese. From all the people of the diocese. That's me. <laughs> and our 40. <laughs> although, and the 40 in the congregation. Although what I'm hearing is it's not going to be you, just you for long. I don't think it'll be me for long. Um, I do know a few others that are looking at this and they're going to... <clears throat> they're looking at me. I'm doing the, the ploughing. Yeah. And uh, we'll see how we go, but I, I mean, and, think... and it's been as the different bishops have made it more and more difficult for an evangelical mm. to authentically preach Christ. Yeah, well, when you're in a diocese that is pushing you down, and a few years ago I was, we were at synod, and I asked at the end of the synod, as a as a motion, whether we could actually come together ask for forgiveness for the things we've done wrong, ask the Archbishop to actually formally give us absolution and that we actually look at and read the four Gospels over four months. Well, by the time they finished arguing that debate, it didn't even look like it and it actually went down. Mm. And so I went, what's the point? Mm. What is the point? Morning tea last Sunday morning. Uh, how, tell us about the conversations there. Oh, the RSL were very upset with us because the RSL gave us the auditorium for free. And they said, this is not good, this is not good. And I said, what's wrong? And they said, we've run out of cups for coffee. So we've got to use paper cups. People. We had too many people. That's great. Yeah. Um, they didn't have enough staff. On a Sunday morning, who needs staff? Now they do. So it's really exciting. Um, but the people said, wasn't it good? that we can actually praise God even with a little USB speaker. Mm -hmm. And it just sounded so good and it felt good that we were praising God and we didn't feel the heaviness or the burden of darkness around us. Mm. It was a fantastic time. What's your word to the other evangelical ministers who are watching here who are finding it difficult with their... Um, Episcopal leadership, their revisionist Episcopal leadership. Stay faithful to the gospel. Stay faithful to Jesus. Let him guide your ways forward and make sure that you know what you're doing and let others make up their own mind. Don't try and make up their mind for them because people that follow because they've been told to don't make good, good, good sheep. Mm -hmm. You know, because they don't they don't thrive. You want people that are going to thrive, and so for me, I've always just said to my people, "This is what I am going to do. You do your thing." Mm -hmm. And so, if there's one thing that I could I could ask them is have faith in God and let people, if they've been taught well, they will make the right decision. Mm. What's your word to Archbishop Aspinall if he watches this? I'd say thank you for the years he's given me. I do thank him for everything he's done for me. He's helped me to grow in my faith um, because I've had to really stand on my own faith because I had to know what I thought. And in that way, I can say thank you. I'm, I'd never wanted this to be a big public thing. All I want to do is just slip away and just start a nice congregation of people that fellowshiped and loved the Lord and read the Bible and wanted to go out and do evangelism. 
that was that was what I wanted to happen. It's happened so fast. You haven't even got a bank. Have well, when I spoke to you the other day, you didn't have a bank account. Have no, we didn't have a bank account. No, no. Have you got a bank account now? We do have a bank account now. Um, we're working through um, um, a trust account. We're working on a constitution um, because we're the first. There is no constitution. There's no rules. Yeah. So I've got to be very, very careful about what I do and how I do it mm -hmm. because... I've got. We've got to set the rules up, and Gafcon are, are really behind They've the scenes. They've given you a template constitution. They've given us a template constitution. We're working with that, but we've also got Gafcon behind us, helping us, mm -hmm. which I've never had in all my years of ministry. So much support from so many people. With Peter, what do you need? How can we help you? And then to have people actually ring you and say, brother. How are you? Let me pray for you. How's your family? Mm. You know, that's, how's your wife feeling about this? You finished work for the St George's Anglican, was on Friday? On mm. the Sunday. We on, did, or Sunday yeah, on the ago. Sunday. Yeah. Yep. And so are you unemployed at the moment? Are you getting money? How's I it was working? unemployed, so I've gone and started driving buses. Okay, <laughs> tell us about the bloke, that. The bloke down the, the the bus company down the road. So I walked in there the day after I decided I was going to actually leave the diocese. So I went into the bus company. I said, "What's the chance of driving buses?" He said, "Have you got an HR license?" Yes. Okay. He filled out some forms. He said, "Right, let's go for a drive." So I drove the bus for half an hour. He said, "When do you want to start?" Then I went into uh, into Beanley itself. And I talked to a friend of mine who's security at a, one of the big malls, and he said. Would you like a job working for me? Now, he didn't even know I was leaving. And then I went to the minister's fraternal. I told them what was going on. And the ministers all got around me. They laid hands on me and they prayed for me right then and there. And then one of them said, look, I've got a six hour a day truck driving life job that you can have. Three jobs Two, in 24 three hours. Three jobs in 24 hours. My wife has been looking for six years for a job and can't find one. She was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> she was not happy. <laughs> well, praise God for yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm doing a little bit of bus driving. Having 40 people is a good start, mm. um, which means we might just be able to scrape through and I might not have to drive buses for much longer. Yeah. You know, because we can get back onto the job. So. So I do. I did the service at nine. We finished by ten thirty, all packed up. We had coffee, and then I went and did home visits in in nursing homes and stuff like that. So it was a full on Sunday. That was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and here I am talking to you today in Canberra. Yeah. Pretty exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emotionally and physically. <laughs> well, good on you. Let me lead in prayer for you, Father God. Um, we thank you for Peter's faithfulness in difficult circumstances. And we thank you for the men and women of uh, Bean Lee who've uh, had to make difficult decisions to step outside their comfort zone and courageous decisions uh, to choose Jesus when the society and the denomination are walking against the obedience to Christ. We thank you for these men and women in Bean Lee who have um, who've stood with the Lord Jesus and stood with Peter and um and trusted you and father we pray for your blessing on peter and the men and women uh, of this new fledgling uh anglican southern cross diocese church of beanley and logan uh, and we pray for the many other um faithful ministers of christ 
uh, and faithful men and women who are serving in dioceses under revisionist bishops who are walking away from Christ. We pray for those bishops to repent, but Father, if they will not repent, we pray for people to be able to have the strength to make the difficult stands, um, to walk away from comfort, to walk away from convenience, to stand up for Christ, and we pray for your blessing on these difficult decisions. And we pray this in Jesus Christ's powerful name. Amen. Amen. Peter, thanks so much for coming and talking to us today. And, uh, Been a pleasure. My guest. Uh-huh. On, on the, oh, sorry, you can say. I was just going to say, I just trust that other people will not see me for someone that I'm a rebel, but I'm just sticking up for the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Peter Palmer, my guest on The Pastor's Heart today. And uh, it is Vingley Logan, Anglican Church, Southern Cross Diocese, Vingley Golf Club. Go along. Thanks for joining us. We'll look forward to your company on the Pastor's Hour. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.